0: Oh, we're going to have a good time this afternoon. Y'all ready? Good deal. Um, and I wanted to um, certainly make this an open discussion today. I have some points that I want to make, but I for sure want to answer any questions that you might have health-wise. Uh, quite honestly, uh, the, the topic is feeding, and we're going to stress that, but um, we're going to talk about anything else you want to hear about, too. Feeding, in my opinion, is... Um, definitely the way to prevent disease. I mean, no question. I honestly, without a doubt, have have no doubt whatsoever that most of the problems that we see in horses today can be prevented simply by getting them off commercial feed. You may not want to hear that because you probably feed a commercial feed. Most everybody feeds a commercial feed, but let's look at commercial feeds for just a second they're packaged for, for convenience. My battery just died, didn't it? I think my battery just died. For some reason it just got it. There you go. That's better. Weird. They're packaged for convenience just like our food is packaged for convenience. They're packaged for shelf life just like our food is packaged for shelf life. Most of our diseases, most of our health problems can be prevented by not eating anything out of a box just like most horse problems can be prevented by not eating out of a, not feeding them out of a bag, and I say that because what I do mostly is get people off commercial feed onto a more natural diet, and the, the problems that I see every day, everything from laminitis, the Cushing's, the insulin resistant, to the thrush, the white line, the allergies, they get better just by getting them on a more natural diet than commercial feed. Now let's just Think about commercial feeds for a minute. What's in commercial feeds? Feel free to interact here with me. You know, if you disagree, tell me, and we'll try to discuss through. You know, work, work, work through it. I can't tell you the exact amount, but a lot. You can actually feel it, and you can feel the molasses in there as well. The question is, hydrogenated oil. What percentage is in a commercial diet? Uh, I can't tell you the exact amount, but there is quite a bit of hydrogenated fats now. What's wrong with hydrogenated fats? Why is it a problem? First of all, would you agree that it's a problem for us? I mean, you've heard about trans fat and processed fats. I mean, it's literally killing us. Today, we have so much insulin resistance and diabetes in people. Probably the number one problem out there in people. And we have the same problem in horses. We have insulin resistance in horses. They just don't call it diabetes in horses. So hydrogenated fat in our feed... Is there, first of all, in those feed bags so that they can ship the feed across the country in a hot truck and not go rancid. That's why they have processed fat. Um, It's the only type of fat that they can put in a bag in in fairly decent quantities and not go rancid. Because it's more stable um, than other types of fat. But it's more stable because it's like plastic. You know, so many things are made out of fats, believe it or not. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but um, if you leave a, um, or a lot of your, your PVCs are basically petroleum-type products, you know, they're almost fat-type products, they'll actually break down in, in the sunlight, your plastics and so on. The hydrogenated fat is kind of like feeding fat. The problem with fat, or the need, the necessity for good fats is such that, that um, we're literally killing our horses with these fats. Every cell in the body is surrounded by fat. Every single cell is surrounded by fat, and the fats actually let the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. So if you take all the trillions of cells in the body, if they can't get the right nutrition and get right rid of the waste products, can you see how that's a problem? I mean, literally, you can. If you look at the membrane of the cell, it's fat all the way around. Uh, both. Uh, Unsaturated and saturated fats are part of that membrane. So hydrogenated fat is a a big problem with these commercial feeds. It's a terrible problem. Um, And it's a simple fix. It's a simple fix to not use hydrogenated fats if you're not on a big scale production situation. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But for your commercial feed companies, it's a problem because they have to put it in the hot feed room, they have to put it in a bag, and it has to stay stay stable. And it's cheap. You know, they use least-cost analysis for making commercial feeds. In other words, if they, every bag, even though it's the same brand, the same name, the same everything, it's not the same everything. It's changed due to the commodity prices at that moment in time when they compose that batch. You know, in other words, they might use... A different grain instead of used wheat instead of corn to get the same protein or they might use corn gluten instead of corn to get the same amount of, of fat and just so they have the same protein fat and carbohydrates I mean the same protein fat fiber and so on in the end that's mostly what they're looking at so it can certainly change but almost every problem that we see can be fixed with by getting your horse off commercial food it's amazing the problems that I see with just getting them off commercial feed—they get better. That alone. Um, commercial fatness is certainly an issue. The other thing is sugars, molasses. How many feed? It? Well, you don't have to raise your hand, but I know a lot of people feed sweet feeds. Sweet feeds are uh, basically that—they're sugar. They're full of molasses. Uh, you know the problems of sugar causing people, right? I mean, we get up the first thing in the morning and we have a donut for breakfast, and what happens? That shoots our sugar straight up. Right? Have the sugar high. With the sugar high, guess what happens? Insulin is produced. Okay? To Handle that sugar. Over time, that causes insulin resistance because we have so much sugar in the system that the body keeps having to produce this insulin. And that causes insulin resistance. It results in diabetes in people. It results in fat, overweight, crest and neck horses in horses, which is insulin resistance, which is kind of like diabetes. But when you have a sugar high from that first grain of the day, or that first donut of the day, or that whatever that has sugar, what happens a little later in the day, about 10 o'clock a year? You have a, you have a sugar low. When you have a sugar low, that's just as bad as a sugar high, because that causes the adrenal glands to kick in. Now, the adrenal glands are what handle stress. It's called the flight or fight syndrome. So it's how Animals in the wild handle stress; they either run away or they fight. It's how we handle stress. You know, we either handle it or don't. Bottom line. But when your adrenal glands kick in, that produces steroids. The steroids, and that is a major problem, to say the least. Um, that can result in, in things like Cushing's and result in just literally just wearing the body out. Bottom line. Um, The body's in a constant state of stress when it's a sugar low, it's starving to death. It does everything it can to get more uh, energy back into the system, and it literally wears the reserves out in the body so that when they are stressed from some other reason, the body can't handle it, and wherever the weak link is for that horse is what problem you have. You know, if you have. Um, a weak horse that has a gut problem, you're going to have a colic. If you have a horse that has a weak link to the feet, you might have laminitis that actually results. So the sugar highs and the sugar lows are major issues as far as the diet goes. Once you have that sugar high of the day from that commercial sweet feed, then you have the sugar low. The body kicks in all it can, so you have a sugar high so you have more insulin produced. And all day long you have this vicious cycle of sugar high, sugar low. So, you literally wear the body out. So, in people, the best thing you can do, by the way, is a good protein shake first thing in the morning instead of a donut. That ain't That's smart, I mean, or a couple of eggs, or a steak, for that matter. I mean, why, why is it that grandparents could eat bacon and eggs and, and not have problems? What was that? Scrapple. Scrapple, there you go, yeah. Why? I mean, what? You know, it, your diet could change today. You know, and again, it's because we're feeding food, we're eating food from a box. You know, and our horses are eating food from a bag. It's not what we want for ourselves, and it's not what we want for our horses. Um, does this make sense at all? I mean, it's just really just common sense if you truly think about it. Um, so, sugar highs, sugar lows. If, if, if you have an insulin resistant horse or a hypothyroid horse, for sure you want to get them off these sweet beans. No question. And in my opinion, you want to get them off any commercial feed because of the hydrogenated fat. I don't know any commercial feed that doesn't have hydrogenated fat in it. I hope there's some out here that that uh, don't, but I don't know of any. There may be some small companies that don't, which would be great. But let's look at another process that they do to commercial feeds that make them a problem. At least in my opinion, it's a problem. And that's cook them. Do you think horses were made to eat anything cooked? If you're eating, if you're feeding your horse a pelleted diet, it's a cooked diet. It's a high heat process. Now there's some things you have to have heat on if you have a diet that has a lot of soybean in it, which I don't really recommend. I like soybean oils and not soybeans for horses. Um, but if you have a diet that has a lot of soybean in it, you have to cook it have, because it has what uh, a trypsin inhibitor is naturally in soybean, which actually destroys one of the uh, one of the enzymes in the body. So uh, you have to cook it. But I don't know any horse that eats anything that's cooked in the wild, so I'm not going to feed them anything that's cooked. I'm not going to feed them pellets or anything else. Does that make sense? You know, the food in a bag today is—they are so dependent upon us. You know, we provide what they need. We we are their uh, guardian it's not a situation like they used to have where in the wild they could go pick what they want now horse can pretty much fix itself i think if he had access to thousands of acres like they once did now they can find the right fats from the grass you know they can find the right um uh, protein they can find the right minerals from the ground they can find the right whatever they need if they have enough area to go find it in and it's a pristine environment. But our environment isn't like that anymore. You know, even our hay today uh, and all the soils that we grow our grains on are deficient in minerals and have been since the 30s. You know, we've over farmed, we've over fertilized. All we're, all we're putting on our grass is nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus can 10, 10, 10 fertilize. You believe that? I mean, think about that for a minute. All we're fertilizing with, for the most part, is maybe a little bit of lime, calcium, and 10 10, 10 fertilizers, which is nothing but nitrogen potassium and phosphorus. What happened to all those other minerals that we used to have on that periodic charge in high school? Are they not important anymore? But why do we use those fertilizers, those three things, because it makes the grass grow. But it's water. All it's doing is sucking the water up into the plant. So we have a lot of growth, but it's very—it's not very nutritious growth. growth. And, there, and, and I mention this because you can't, I want to make another point, is you can't just feed a horse hay and expect him to get everything he needs. It's impossible. A horse is made to eat forage, no question. If it were forage from the desert, you know, not from the desert, but lush green pasture where they could get all they want from... You know, a thousand acres maybe, but not fertilized pastures like we have anymore because it's nothing but pasture full of fertilizer or full of water. Now, what's the problem with that? All those other minerals, they're not there anymore. The vitamins aren't there anymore. Maybe it's even genetically modified grass seed anymore. For sure, it's grass that's been changed in one way or another, you know, selected for better growth and so on. Maybe good, maybe better, maybe worse. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on all that at this point, as far as genetic modification, I don't have any question. I think it's bad for us, and I think it's gonna be bad for horses, but there's things that can still do the grass without genetic modification. So I'm not saying all grass that's been changed is bad. I am saying that in my opinion, GMOs are bad. Genetically modified grasses are bad. Genetically modified alfalfa, genetically modified beets. You know, they just, now, all, most of your beets are genetically modified they just passed it, they can modify alfalfa as well. And basically what they're doing is they're changing the protein, the amino acid sequence in these grasses and so on, and then are in these grains like beets, alfalfa, uh, corn, soybeans, and so on. They're changing the genetic modification. Is that going to affect us? Is that going to affect our horses? Again, the jury's still out on it, but I, I believe there's some potential consequences there. That's off the sense. Sorry, you've heard of GMOs, right? That's right. what I was just talking about. GMOs. I think they are an issue. So let's go back to the to the desert. Let's go back to the horse being able to get what he wants in the wild. Um, grass. They can't get what they need from just grass alone. You have to add extra minerals to a horse's diet. You have to add vitamins to it, and that's what they do in commercial feed. They, they add those vitamins and minerals. Well, let's think about this for a minute. What if you, what if you have that easy keeper that we talked about earlier? Okay? What's the first thing you're going to do with that easy keeper horse? You're going to cut back on their feed, right? Okay? Because he's fat and overweight. If you're not giving your horse the exact amount of feed that that bag says he has to have, he's not getting the vitamins and minerals and enzymes that was added to that feed. Does that make sense? Okay? So if you have an easy keeper, and let's say the bag says he needs five pounds a day, okay? Five pounds a day to get the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes. That's basically why they have that amount on the bag. So if he's getting five pounds a day, he's you know, forget the protein, forget the carbohydrates, forget the other stuff. If he's getting five pounds a day, it's meeting his needs, especially as far as vitamins, minerals, and enzymes, as well as the other things. And if you cut back to just a pound a day for an easy keeper, he's getting one-fifth of those vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that he needs. Does that make sense? If you have a hard keeper, he's getting, you know, say you're getting 10 pounds a day, he's getting twice as much of the vitamins and minerals. So he's, he's always out of balance. Unless you're giving him exactly what the bag says. To me that's the most common sense problem with commercial fees. I mean, you gotta see that. It's, they just can't get what they need unless they're the perfect horse that the bag calls for. Does that make sense? So what is the answer? I mean, first of all, do y'all have any questions on what we've talked about so far? i this making, this is still making sense. You know, you gotta get them off the commercial feed, you gotta get them off the sweet feed, you gotta get them, get rid of the bad fats. you know, it's just, they can't get what they need from hay alone, they gotta be supplemented some way or another, or they're not gonna get it. Do y'all have any questions so far? What? Okay, sorry.
1: I could bring up the article, but I will do this about flax.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, the question is why I don't suggest flax. Flax is a good source of uh, omega fatty acids. Okay, there's no question about having fatty acids in it. Can people, or can horses and people utilize those? I think that's questionable. Um, first of all, the, I mean, the simple answer is. Flax, regardless of whether it does provide the essential fatty acids or not, is not even, not even an issue for me. It goes back to fats in general. Flax is a very fragile fat source. Okay, So it's one of these that unless it's very fresh, then it certainly is in the process of going rancid. And the worst thing you could do is to give a horse a rancid fat or to eat a rancid fat yourself. It's just not healthy. Um, and another thing, too, flax, is, until recent years, flax hasn't even been eaten. It's, not, it's mentioned in the Bible like 62 times, but never, and that may be off, I can't remember the exact number, but it, it's never mentioned for food, only for fiber. Never, ever mentioned for food. So I figured if it were eaten, it might have been mentioned for food at some point in there since it's brought so many times. But, uh, and uh, people, first of all, it can also have some of your B vitamins, uh, and, and people, it's questionable whether they can actually utilize the facts that are in flax. But to me, the, the bottom line is it's so fragile anyway that I would not recommend it just for that reason. But there is an article, I don't know why you couldn't pull it up, I'm sorry. But it's, uh, we'll, I'll check on that and make sure it's okay. But I've got it all documented from other sources besides me, why flax is my the best. So.
1: Follow up question.
0: Okay, whole whole flax would certainly be better than ground flax. In fact, I don't like any fat that's in a powdered source, okay? Because if it's powdered, it would have to be stabilized with something for it to stay, for it not to go rancid, okay? Because once you crack the hull on any seed, it starts breaking down and starts going rancid. If it's a high fat source, Obviously, it's, it's, I mean, fat goes rancid because it spoils. So, once you crack the seed of anything, it starts going rancid. So, whole would certainly be better. The question is, you know, can a horse digest the flax seed? I personally think they can. I mean, I personally think a horse can digest any seed, you know, because they're made to live in the wild. So, I would definitely recommend that instead of ground flax, unless you're grinding it immediately before you use it. But even with flax, if you look at some of these bags as they travel around, I mean, as they go to shows and so on, the bags have a lot of oil in them, so they're, they're leaching oil for sure from the, from the flax. So I still think it's a potential for going rancid in there, more than anything. What's your
1: opinion on you flax?
0: I think she has got some real potential. I definitely think chia has some real potential. I mean, it's what the Aztecs used for centuries, and you know, way back when they would they would live on it for a long, long time. I know it has some potential for, for people. It's a great source of omega fatty acids. It has a lot of uh, good amino acids in it. Um, I think it's got some real, real, real potential. In fact, we're actually have a question: Is chia seed, remember really a chia pet? And it's the same seed. They're just now starting to cultivate it again on a commercial basis um, in, a, in other countries. It's not really grown much here. But um, we're actually using it in a veterinary product. I have a lot of products. just called VetAssure that your veterinarians carry. And we're using chia seed there. And we're actually combining it with a an oil source of fat um, that's really working out great in, in pets. And I know it's got some potential on horses, and it's just so expensive to really give them enough to make it uh, functional. i it, how much do you recommend to, it's, it's gonna, to yeah, it, it's a 1000 horse? Yeah, it's going to take almost a half of, about a half a cup a day, probably, for a thousand-pound horse, I think. And, and the jury's out on that. That's really even just a guess. It's going to take a lot, though. But um, to me, the best source of fat that I have found that's the most economical, that's just given us fantastic results. First of all, we want something that's GMO free, which chia should be. Um, but you want something that is, that is GMO free, not genetically modified. And that took me a long time to figure that out. I mean, I was, I mean, I, at, at one point I questioned whether that was even going to be an issue, but I had so many clients ask for it. I finally finally was able to find the source of uh, GMO free and it took me about three years to find the source because I was using soybeans and you know most soybeans are GMO products I mean 90 some percent of all soybeans are genetically modified it's like almost all corn is genetically modified so it took me literally three years to find the source and um, of Gmo free soybeans and that is this fat source that we use. It's genetically modified organism soybean oil. It's cold processed. It's not, you know, heat processed. It's squeezed right from the bean. Great source for omega three, omega six, omega nine. It's all there uh, in good proportions, and it's economical. Um, and we even have a farmer going right to the field to make sure that he's not using, you know, genetically modified organism seeds. So it's kind of been a big deal for us. But the clients asking for it. We finally found it, started using it, and low and behold, we were getting better results than what we were using before. So we gradually you know, phased out the other, and that's all we have now is GMO-free. Uh, we call it weight check oil. That's where it's fats And the beauty of that is a couple ounces a day, you can help them lose weight if they need to, or they can ma- maintain their weight if, if, if they're okay. If they need to gain weight, you just get more of it and gain weight, but two ounces a day will maintain or help them move. So that is the fat source that we recommend, um, and it works really good. And then we have a supplement called Just Add Oats that, that gives the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes uh, for the oats. I mean for that's for the oats. And oats is what we recommend, by the way. It's the most natural grain out there. I don't care what you've heard negative about it. I've got tens of thousands of horses on it now. I've got 200 horses myself, our own, that have been on it that eat oats. Um, and it's fantastic. Oats are low carb, believe it or not. They are anything negative that you hear about oats will probably come from feed companies because they just don't want you feeding oats, they want you buying their product in my opinion. But oats are great, yep. Adding oil to a horse's feed though i heard about um, mineral and
1: looking
0: their active oil. Okay, she says adding oil to a horse's feed you hear about um She's read about possibly them not getting the minerals that they need because of the oil slicking and absorbing. Actually, most of your minerals, if they have some type of protein or fat, that's them, they're going to be more readily absorbed. Um, You've heard of chelated minerals or proteinated minerals. Those are much better absorbed than other types. Now, we have a mineral source that we recommend along with the oats, the just-bad oats and the whey-check oil, that is a naturally chelated. A naturally proteinated source of mineral. It's called red cow. It's actually from the desert that used to be the ocean. Every mineral known to man is in there, and it's probably the micronutrients we hadn't discovered yet. We feed it free choice instead of salt and mineral blocks, and it kind of picks up the pieces maybe for, for ingredients that man hadn't even discovered yet. Plus, it does replace those salt and mineral blocks, which we need to talk about as well. But uh, it's naturally chelated, naturally protein made because everything that was once in that ocean is still attached to those minerals. It's still in there in other words. It's from the desert that used to be in not the ocean today. Does that make sense? And when they're, they're protein or when there's organic material attached to minerals, the body more readily absorbs them. One of my questions
1: I would have was on that friends of eating corn oil.
0: Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. so just tell her corn oil is terrible for for Yeah, It's not because any oil is bad, though. I mean, I've even read where oil in general is bad for a horse because they don't have a gallbladder. Right. That's ridiculous. You know, horses have to, and they don't have a gallbladder, that's for sure. But they have to process fat somewhere or another because they have to have fat in the body because every cell in the body is surrounded by fat. So they have to process fats and oil. I mean, seed heads in the wild are oil. Uh, are oil. So they just never made any sense to me. Plus all the tens of thousands of portions that we've had on the world over the years have just done so great. And again, most health problems we can fix with just those commercial feeds. But why do people mm-hmm.
1: start to make health feeding corn oil? The reason they see
0: results is that it does help, it does make the skin shiny. I mean, it makes the coat shine. So they see that result, and then they think it's everything else. But corn, uh, and corn oil is not as bad as corn itself. But corn, when we talk about the reason you have have a sugar high and a sugar low, well, corn has a very high glycemic index. In other words, a tablespoon of corn is just like a tablespoon of sugar. So you have that sugar high with corn. Now, the oil is not going to be quite as bad, but you have a sugar high and a sugar low, and a sugar high and a sugar low just from corn oil. That's another thing that's in the feed you should have mentioned earlier that you don't. And not to mention all the other hundreds of byproducts out there. You know, basically what we're doing when we put food in a bag is you're, you're taking cheap ingredients, combining them to get the right protein, carbs, fat, and you're getting a higher price for something of lesser quality. You know, why not just go right to those to start? Oats is the closest thing to natural anyway it's the closest thing to a seed head that I found is just plain old oats. So, and barley's okay. Little barley's fine. But oats work great because you, you can give that easy keeper the one pound a day or the ten pounds a day to the hard keeper. Put the supplements, just that oats right on the top. With what, that's what man and you Put the weight check oil right on top. And pretty sure it's on the loose salt and minerals. And, and that's the feeding program that will fix most problems. We have other things, you know, for added support if they have a problem. If they, you know, if they have skin problems, and we have, you know, uh, that alone is going to help. By the way, but we have, you know, a product to help the body detox and help get rid of the junk. We have a product called AllerCheck to help, you know, with those allergies and help support the immune system. We have a joint product to help, you know, support the joints. Uh, we have a gut check if you have a horse that's had. Gut issues and so on in the past, you know, to kind of get them over the hump. We have Craig check, we have all these different products for extra support, but the main thing is just getting them on that feeding program to begin with. You know, the oats are just that oats. So the low check oil and pre horse on the red cow.
1: Hey. Yeah.
0: Okay. The question is, what if you have a horse who's old or toothless, doesn't have any teeth, and she's soaking her hay, which is great. You do the same with oats. Just add water to them. You don't even have to soak them overnight. Just add water to them, you know, before you feed the rest of them. And by the time you come back, they're, they're soft anyway, uh, and it works just great. Again, pellets are cooked, or they have some kind of binder in there or something else. So I'm not fond of pellets at all for a Um, I think hay pellets would be better than grain pellets. And then the, the cubes are certainly better than you know the cows Any if it's just pressed like it is so many times with hay, it's actually better. But if it's cooked, again I don't know any horse that eats anything that's cooked in the wild. Um any other questions on that? Yep. Holes or well it's an excellent question because it's a very common question. Whole, cramped, rolled, which is best? Okay. From what I can determine, textbook-wise, once you crack the hull, remember, it starts going rancid, okay? Just like any other fat or any other grain, starts going rancid. So you've got a trade-off here. If you crimp a rolling oak, best I can tell, they're 6% more efficient as far as digestibility, okay? They're going to be a little more efficient as far as digestion. However, is it worth the trade-off as far as rancidity? You know whole oats you can store and ship and everything else, and they're not going to go rancid for a long, long time. Okay, but once you so if, if the question is, normally we keep whole oats unless you have access to fresh crimped or rolled oats. I mean, if your mill is crimping them the day before you get them, fine. But if they're sitting there crimped or rolled for months at a time, you don't want them. you can keep be better off with just the whole oats. We have to worry
1: about-
0: Gene- there is no genetically modified evidence, not yet. But hopefully we'll have them the sources, if there ever is. They did just approve alfalfa, though. Most of your alfalfa is going to be round up already alfalfa. which is not this, in my opinion. Because they mo- basically they modify the gene by changing some protein sequences that have been modified with the bacteria, actually. It modified the protein in the alfalfa so that um, it won't die when you spray Roundup on it, okay? But the weed, of course, do die. So the, yeah. the alfalfa grows nice and lush and green, but obviously we use a lot of herbicides, a lot of Roundup on that. So it's, even, even if it wasn't GMO-free, I mean, back up, GMO products are going to have very possibly more herbicides on them than other products because they can spray them to kill the weeds and not kill the alfalfa. Beets, um, beet pulp, that's another item we should discuss. I'm not too fond of beet pulp either because it literally, first of all, it's basically just fiber and sugar or potential sugar. They do soak them sometimes to get the sugar out of them. But the problem with that particular fiber is I think it just, best I can tell, it just sucks the nutrition right out that people that I talk to it either helps or they're terrible. You know, And, and helps is usually only temporary. You know, and it's not a long-term help. And, and people use them for all different things. They use them for weight gain, they use them for weight loss. You know, What are they good for? I don't think they're good for anything. They're just sucking the nutrition right out of the body, personally. So I'm not fond of them. And if they're, if they're just fiber anyway, why not just feed more hay? Or feed better hay? Why pay the extra price for them? And now that they are... It's approved for genetic modification, which by the way folks, it's just all political. Very little testing, if any, has been done on of this GMO, on GMO products. You know, and you know, we're not even supposed to put on the label that something's GMO free. You know, it's literally illegal for me to say it's a GMO free product. It's incredible what's going on political wise we got that revolving door program in Washington, I think. Forgive me for getting political here, but what happens is you get somebody that works in the Department of Agriculture that winds up working for some company down the road. You know, they don't even need to go there. But anyway, I think you can see what's going on. It's not a good thing, these GMOP. Um, Let's talk just a little bit about these minerals again. One of the biggest causes of laminitis and colic, uh, I have no doubt, Um, is is salt and mineral blocks. Sounds crazy, I know. It took me a long time to figure this one out, but with the help of a professor, actually at the University of Kentucky, I figured out that salt blocks are totally useless for a horse, even for cows, for that matter, but especially for a horse. Would you agree with me that... um, Well, first of all, let me ask you, how how many of you ever had a horse collar? Anybody? Okay. Have you ever noticed that when a horse has a gut problem, it's usually, uh, or when they colic, it's not uncommon for it to occur when there's a weather change? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's shaking her head. I mean, every colic, for the most part, that I've seen has been in a weather change. You know, a front moving in, after a drought, something. And I couldn't figure out what was going on until I finally figured out this mineral issue. What I think. The reason for that is, of course, parametric changes in the atmosphere makes the grass do crazy things. If it thinks it's gonna die, one thing it would want to do is conserve water. Wouldn't you agree? I mean if there's a storm moving in and we might know it's gonna be a bad storm, we're gonna we we might get some water back in. You know, fill some jugs or something. My horse or a grass is a living breathing organism. It would probably want to conserve water if it thought it would, might be threatened. The way it pulls water up into the plant, like we talked about before, is through fertilizer. Nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Well, Nitrogen and potassium, especially, are toxic to a horse if they get too much in a short period of time. If the grass thinks it's going to die, it uses that potassium molecule to suck that water up into the plant. If that horse happens to be grazing at that moment in time when that potassium is high, or maybe he's getting a high potassium fertilized hay or whatever along with it, but if he gets too much potassium in a short period of time, then he can't balance with a big gulp of pre choice, loose salt, and mineral. And that's a whole cation and anion exchange on there, and I have an article that explains all that. But if he can't balance all that excess potassium or nitrogen with a big gulp of pre choice, loose salt and mineral, versus licking himself to death with a salt block, that potassium changes the acidity in the gut, just like that, and that any time you have a drastic change in the gut, of course, you have a serious problem, you know, wherever again, wherever the weak link is, it could be colic, it could be laminitis, it could be in the toxic shock type situation, it could be laminitis, it could be anything, does that make sense? And they've got they they're not lickers. If 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 you see a horse that's lit, that's chewing on a block or a rock, I mean a rock or block. If it's hard, they can't get what they need from it. That's one of my concerns with, with um hay cubes is they're hard. And they're not like a mineral though, where they have to lick it and get it back. So our answer has been this mineral from the desert that I talked about. It's free choice, it's you know, you basically put a little bit in a bucket called Red Cow. We have a high mag version for those easy keepers and so on, but if it uh, rains on it, you just tip the bucket and then dump the water off the top and it leaves like a sticky clay in the bottom so and then you can still get a big gulp to get all their meat when they need it. This one product, that one product alone, I think is it, without a doubt is the single most healthy thing you can do for your oil. You just throw away your blossom minerals, go get them to the deer or whatever, because they just are totally useless for oil. Um, in cattle, they have a disease called red-tongue, where they actually you know, try to lick and lick and lick, and they just can't get what they need fast enough. And horses are even worse because they're more of a grazer than the cattle. And cattle have a rough tongue, you know, a long tongue. They can actually lick much more efficiently than their horse. Blocks were made for convenience, again, like we talked about in the very beginning. You know, it's easy to throw a block out there. It's easy to just forget about it. But... Um, a lot of them are these mineral blocks, the red blocks, versus the white salt blocks. The iron, they actually add iron to them to make them red, or they're adding just to dye today. A lot of companies just dye them red. And they'll add trace minerals to them, but they still make them red. They used to just make them red with iron. And the problem with iron in that form and in that high amount is it ties up all the other minerals anyway. So they're totally useless, I mean, as far as even minerals go. So they're useless anyway because of the block, but definitely useless as far as a mineral block. You might as well just have white salt. But even salt in general, loose salt, or these um, rocks and blocks and blocks and wherever, you know, these rocks and wherever, they're still rock. They're still something that they have to live on they can't get what they need fast enough to balance those excess potassiums and nitrogen and so on. And I know nitrogen's an issue. Has anyone ever been around chicken farms? I can't tell you how many horses I've seen that colic after adding uh, chicken litter to pasture. I mean, I've probably, uh, I mean, probably talked to, 100 to, to a hundred people that have had a colic horse after chicken litter was put on their farm, and that's because of the nitrogen in that chicken litter. Know, same thing like fertilizers are. Whereas I believe if they had free choice red cow all the time, the cancer would be much less. Of it. But if, if you're feeding a really good hay, especially if, you know, I mean farmers are if they're raising hay professionally, they're going to fertilize it because they they're selling it by the pound, literally. So they want it full of water, they want it nice and green, they want it lush, but it's full of fertilizers, full of nitrogen, and that's possible. So um, those blocks of minerals are absolutely useless for providing those minerals. And the beauty of it is that being from the desert, again, it picks up the pieces, or maybe things we hadn't even discovered. If we hadn't discovered a mineral yet or some nutrient, how can we even put it in a bag of the mineral? So, this is this still making sense? Any other comments questions? And can you see how commercial feed can't give them what they need? Can you see how maybe you can fix most problems by getting them off commercial feed or not create problems down the road? Yes. Well, I mean, the truth is we're only given oats anyway to get the supplements down. Again, the problem with a lot of these products supplement-wise is that they're pelleted. number one.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm sure that's better.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't either. Yeah, I understand. Right. She made a comment about commercial feed being, in her area, six, seven, eight months older. I mean, the date was way out there, and that is an issue for sure. You know, whether they're still good or not is certainly questionable. She also brought up some other um, feed companies' products. I'm sure there's other great products out there. I just know ours is the best. (laughs) You know, I mean, they work for us. Yeah, we're back here, 257 or 247, just go straight down that wall and we'll find a portion right before you get to the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can... Put, again, salt, and I didn't mention this, but most salt, even especially those that make blocks out of and those that's for livestock is industrial salt. You know, it, it's, it, it could even be chemical salt. At the very least, it's kill dry, it's bleached, it's something, you know. It's processed somehow. I don't know of any other salt out there that's... I mean, ours is, again, it, it comes from the, what used to be the ocean. Every mineral is in it. It's salty, too, because it's from the ocean. So it has the salt in it, not just salt, so to speak. Um, but I'm sure there's other great products out there, and I'm not saying ours is the best, but so far it's the best we could make that people can afford, too. And we've had just tremendous results from it. It's as natural as we can get it. It's not even all natural, totally. It can't be, otherwise everybody couldn't afford it. And by the way, all these new regulations, this new food, modern, safety, whatever act it just passed, is just going to devastate any small producer. Of feed of any kind. There's no such thing as horse feed anymore. There's no such thing as pet food. It's all food. Pet food is on a high risk category just like every other food. Our, our requirements for processing feed is the same as it is for craft out here producing food. It's unbelievable what it's going to do to all your prices on everything. We already had a 10% increase just to halfway survive. It's just, I mean, pet food, putting pet food on a high risk is the same as any other people food, you know, I, I, I mean, I love my pet, but this melamine thing that we had, remember when they had the crisis a few years ago, folks, I doubt if that could have been prevented anyway, you know, truthfully, I, companies are either going to survive or they're not based on what kind of results they get in the end anyway. And to literally inspect every single thing that comes into this country is impossible without jacking the price up so high. And to have the same requirements as people food across the board, you know it's going to make everything a lot harder. And it's really not a good thing to mind. Sorry to be so political today, but I'm really concerned about what's going on out there with the whole industry, of GMOs and everything. But um, stay away from pellets as far as supplements goes. Uh, I think you can't get that, you can't get what they need from just forage. Um, I, I don't think you can get the fat that you need in a pellet either. It has to be cooked to be a pellet. Number one, I don't think you can get the fat source that you need in a granule because it's ground. Okay, that's why we've chosen to separate the fat. The vitamins and minerals so that the fat is not ranked at number one. It's GMO free, it's not a powder, and the vitamins and minerals and enzymes are in a powder form. Does okay. that make sense? Any other questions? Yes. do. I have a lot of websites. In fact, if you'll stop by our booth, which is down at the end, I have a whole magazine that has all kinds of articles that I've done in here, uh, and I'll give you a CD. Natural solutions to common problems, and um, we probably have about 20 different websites. We have we have a natural health newsletter. If you haven't signed up for that, please do so, uh, and you'll get all our websites on that. Um, okay, and um, and we have we send out we try to send out about a, um, a newsletter every week or so. Uh, if you don't like it? Just hit the delete button. Maybe you'll like the next one, but. Uh, CDs, DVDs, websites. We have Ask the Vet Click. If you ever have any problems, just go to Na- the main site. is naturalhorsevet.com. Up the left-hand corner, there's Ask the Vet Click. I answer questions all the my bud, My cell phone's gone off four times while we've been talking, so I have four questions answered now. I love it. I mean, if I can help you in any way, I want to. And it doesn't cost me anything. I just, you know... I mean, the truth is, people usually wind up buying a product down there, and that's how they make a money. You know, we get free advice, tell people with their problems, get them over home, and they usually like what they hear, and they eventually buy from us. So that's what we're all about. I really appreciate y'all coming. It's been great. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more tomorrow and the next day, if you're here. Um, but feel free to come by the booth, and if I can answer any questions at any time, don't hesitate. The far end, right along this wall, in the very far corner, not quite in the corner, but close. Um, you can't miss it if you go that way. It's a natural horse Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.
1: waiting for the clinic. i starting to
0: transition.
1: I bought it. Oh, good. starting the transition,
0: and I wanted to get the product here. That's great. Was oh, That's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> great.
1: I was doing, I are all these keepers, and I've got a mini, a Clydesdale, a peep with half their bread, and an apple that's secret
0: Oh, yeah. Awesome. And
1: I've got them all on the ground, like those apples, that i thought got at the highest concentration, where I didn't have to get in much grain and it still doesn't close to having what you have. And then I think the point about it being cooked, let alone bad oil. Right.
0: Yeah. And I tell you what, I'm I'm amazed every day at the results we see. How many problems get better just by getting them on the oats and you know something under, almost everything. And even the stuff that we have for support, you don't have to continue forever. The
1: ambulance had to turn eighteen. Holick, a year ago last Thanksgiving, he was up on this hill, muddy, it was an awful night. I don't know what he felt and got distressed. I mean, it's a privilege to get him down hill and he's got air That's, you know, wow. he's got mm-hmm. a very high velocity yeah. yeah. response right. before shut down. Uh. And what happened the best time not been able to figure it out is that he just asked, he called it, he had the treatment, that helped. But then he developed a huge lung mm. under his belly. Mm. You know, and since then, for over a year, he has had sort of pain mm. behind one of his front elbows mm. from that. Wow. Interesting. And, you know, and it hasn't
0: at all, which other subject for yeah. yeah, I've got an article in here on that for sure, and actually wormcheck.com has got all kinds of question and answers and articles from other people and so on, but as far as the um, abscess, I would, besides the basic feeding program on him, I'd probably put him on the health check or the joint check, either one, because the joint check, has the health check in it too? It just has the coenzyme q and the less possibility great anti-inflammatory herb, in addition to for doing stuff. Yeah, so, some oxygen, yeah.
1: On sort of mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you won't need that anymore because you know, those are those are they were great products, but they're just so much better. I mean, you can make such a better product. And
1: would you suggest that I do that right away could you start it on your no I'd
0: go ahead and get them on the, I, I could, with that situation I'd definitely get them on the joint check I'd get them on that because it's it has all the health check in it and then it has this track and Boswell. and if you've got something that's draining you need to you want to help the body get rid of whatever that is and that will do that alright thank you appreciate it <laughs> alright
1: alright I'll be down there in just a little bit